Hey everyone, I'm Michaela. I'm Anitra. I'm Cecilia. And, and this, this is, is my life. Hey guys, we're back. Did you all hear that? Oh my god, is that a ghost? <laughs> no, Anitra, who was that? I'm back. I have no idea. I'm so happy to be back, everyone. I miss... Is somebody talking? Time. No! <laughs> <laughs> I miss recording with you guys. Yeah, she's back. I'm back. Cecilia is here in the building once okay. again. In person. <laughs> All right. Um, well, we're going to talk about clerkships today. Um, that We have a lot to say about clerkships. Um, so this first episode, we're going to be talking about, first of all, what... Our clerkships, what do you even do on them? Um, what do you have to do to get ready for them? And and much more. You know, all yeah. that jazz. Yeah, we, we have a lot to say. <laughs> so where should we begin? What is this word clerkships? Like, what are we even saying right now? I did not know what clerkships meant until I got to medical school. I, I actually wonder if other med schools use that term or if they use clinical rotations. I agree. I kind of thought it was a pen thing for a while. So for our listeners, clerkships are basically the the year where you dive into um, being a doctor. I think it's like an incredible year of growth. It's essentially where you do all of your rotations in different fields of medicine, from emergency medicine to surgery to OB-GYN. Um, and every school is different in terms of how much time is spent on each rotation. I think emergency medicine is actually an elective at some, some institutions. Uh, but essentially, that's what it is. And then you just get to dive into um, experiencing what it's like to work in the hospital, what these different specialties do. Um, you have some responsibilities, um, but you're also responsible for studying. Uh, and it's a, it's a way to know the, the medicine and to know the material by doing hands-on things um, instead of just reading from a textbook. I'm curious, do you both think that you learned more knowledge-wise during the pre-clerkship years, which is kind of like for our listeners, our like didactic years where we are like in a classroom kind of doing more basic science and organ system things. Or do you think you learn more knowledge-wise in terms of medicine knowledge during mm. the clinical rotations or clerkships? Because I can say for me personally, I felt like clerkship year was a lot more of learning systems like the hospital mm -hmm. system more so than the actual medical knowledge I feel still mm. feel very lost in a lot of that stuff sometimes and it's more like patterns that I've recognized rather than mm. like really reading and things like that because I just didn't have as much time yeah. I think it's very necessary to have a good basis um, and an outline of the material before you get thrown into the hospital environment which I think they, that's what pre-clerkships is trying to do, but then there's still a lot of basic science mixed into that. So, um, yeah, like clinical medicine sometimes is right. very different from what, right. act, or like what people do in practice is sometimes different from what, maybe not what guidelines say, but like what some of the evidence bases sometimes. I mean, you don't always, you hope that they coincide, but sometimes they don't. And that's like hard as a student to figure yeah. out. I think sometimes I would hear um, like my attending or resident say, Oh, at Penn, we can, we do it this way. And I always thought that was interesting because going into clerkship year, my impression was like, oh, this is medicine is standardized. You 
you know, the way things are done should be the same everywhere. But I, I think there's so many things that go into that and, you know, and that there is a lot of variation between institutions and how certain um, things are approached, which I I found to be really like uh, something that I had not been aware of before. Should we get into like what a day in the life looks like of a clerkship student? Absolutely, yeah. Which specialty should we? Which specialty? So the worst it can be in terms of how early you start is probably like any surgical specialty. We could start with that. We can start with that. Michaela, since you are planning (laughs) to be a plastic surgeon, do you want to share? Yeah. So, depending on the day, how many patients you have to round on in the morning, uh, or if you have a conference or something to get to at a certain time, which usually starts at like either six or seven in the morning. You have you can count on having rounds for a good like at least thirty minutes. If it, and then if your patient list is longer, then rounds go longer. Surgery rounds are a little quicker than medicine rounds because you kind of are checking in. Like you ask them, are you walking yet? Are you moving your bowels yet? Are you eating? Like very quick questions, kind of. But basically, like I said, depending on when those start, you can kind of count on being there sometimes for rounds at like 5.30. Um, If you don't have anything to do that day in terms of conferences, you kind of just need to be there maybe an hour before the OR starts. So for us, that's like 6.30. So anywhere from 5.30 to 6.30, I would say, is when you can kind of count on rounds to start. And then as a medical student, you have the privilege, (laughs) opportunity to go in even earlier because you oftentimes need to make the list, which is kind of writing down on the patient list, like some of the, you like kind of pre-chart, you look through the chart, see if anything happened overnight, kind of write those down on the list. And then you like make copies so that everyone on rounds has this copy of what happened to some of the patients overnight. Um, It's just like an easy, like a cheat sheet almost for people when they're on rounds. And I don't know, for me, I like to have that done super early just in case people show up early and like, or you're running late. Um, so I always showed up an hour before round. So sometimes that means like 4.30 to anywhere from 4.30 to 5.30 is when I might get to the hospital. Um, yeah. And it just, like I said, depends on if you have things starting that morning. So that's when you're there. That's kind of your morning. The ORs start usually between 7.30 and 8. So you, after rounds, kind of like grab a bite to eat as quick as you can and then try to make it there before your patient, before the attending, um, before your senior, like your chief resident. You're in the OR for however many cases you have, which can be sometimes 3 or 4 p.m., or if it's a really busy service, it's sometimes 6, 7 p.m. at night. Um, or if you get, if you're like on call, if you're the service on call, then you have to take whatever comes in and they get added on to the end of your day so you can be there to 9 and 10 o'clock at night as well. Usually your residents are the ones that let you go on clerkship year. So a lot of them are usually pretty nice and they will let you go at like, five or six, they recognize that not everyone is interested in surgery and they kind of make it an option after a certain time. But yeah, you can definitely count on being there pretty long, I would say. So that's kind of like an outline of the experience, but I think everyone has um, very different um, experiences and responsibilities. um, I agree. It depends so much on your service and who your resident is and what they expect of you. I think there are some core things, though, especially for surgery, that um, for our listeners who are medical school bound and want to get a head start on learning some of these things, like Michaela alluded to earlier, you know, being the first ones in the OR, I think across surgical specialties, that was an expectation for the medical student is that you 
go in first thing because you're the one with like the most time. Um, you don't have to like, you know, uh, consent the patient. You don't have to do all of those things. Um, and like help the nurses kind of set up the room, um, get the, bring the bed in, you know, have like help out however you can with prepping before the patient arrives. Um, the rest of the team. So that's like one thing that you can do, but I think it's, it's a great way to help out the team. Um, I mean, they're doing their jobs there every day, and sometimes it just um, it gets to be a lot. And if they have uh, someone else, a medical student, come in and help them, I think it just um, would make people's days. And yeah, um, I think it's just helpful to if just by being there and helping out, like you can learn a lot about how the team works. This is an experience. Just since you're there, take it in and. Um, learn as much as possible from that I don't think anybody should ever feel like anything is beneath them. I feel like coming in with that mentality in your clerkship year is just not not good. (laughs) People will pick up on that Mm -hmm. if they can tell that you think that, like, you're above some task. Oh, I actually love going in and meeting the nurses and being like, hey, like, I'm so-and-so. Like, please put me to work. If I'm not doing something, it's because I probably just don't know, not because I'm trying to be lazy or not help you. Like, please put me to work. Right. Um, And that's, like, a good point, too, because I feel like a lot of medical students struggle with that exact thing, which is, like, how do I even help? You know, they're just kind of, like, you know, twiddling my thumbs. um, And I feel like, that, that's something you definitely learn as a clerkship student is like, okay, where can I be helpful? And especially in surgery, that's one place that you can be helpful is going into the OR, meeting the rest of the team who you're going to spend like a couple hours with, you yeah. know? And and then they know your name and I feel like the resident comes in. It's like, oh, great. Everybody knows everybody. And it shows that you're being proactive. Yeah, um, right. I, I mean, I that's one of the things I loved about surgery is that I knew how there was a routine to each um, each case. So then I knew how to help out. And then I love just being helpful yeah. um, mm-hmm. during the cases. I would agree. Surgery is probably one of the ones, one of the clerkships I felt most helpful because there was a routine and there was so many people doing things. Um, because as a medical student, you really like, you can pend orders, but you can't place the orders. You know, there's a lot of things that you can't do in the like electronic medicals record um, during the day. So I think having a more hands-on specialty or like clerkship is something I always really liked because it was something I could easily be like, I don't know. It's almost like when you're a guest at someone's house and you see people working in the kitchen, you're like, okay, Mm -hmm. I know how to do this. I can like at least offer my hands here. Whereas when people are like sitting at a computer, I'm like, uh, how do I like, what I can't type this in for you. (laughs) Like you're kind (laughs) of, there's only one seat at this computer. So maybe we can, we can pivot a little bit and talk about what a typical day on medicine looks like. Yeah, I agree. I think it looks very different than what a day in surgery looks like. So you don't wake up at 4.30 a.m. I think on my medicine my medicine days, I woke up at maybe like 6 a.m. most days, and you try to get to the hospital by 7 to pre-round in your patients, and rounding usually happens at 8.30. And when we say rounding, that's... Um, so there's pre-rounding, then there's rounding. Pre-rounding is when you go in and you see your patients by yourself. You check in on them, see how their night went, um, if anything major happened, and then you, like, briefly look through the chart um, and you're pretty much prepping for your rounding, which is like when you meet up with the attending and the whole team kind of comes together and they go patient by patient throughout um, the hospital to check in. And that's when you present. So I feel like pre- that rounding would happen from like 8.30 until like 11.30 noon, which is what all of our surgeons hate. <laughs> I feel like a lot of people say, I don't want to do medicine because of how long that takes. Um, and then usually there's some teaching between like 
12 to 1 where lunch is sometimes provided, which is actually really nice because you don't have to worry about meal prepping, knowing that you might be fed. Um, And you'll get maybe a lecture, which is kind of nice. And then the afternoon is all about completing tasks. So after rounding, you know, each time you see a patient, the attending, the team kind of decides on a game plan for the day. You know, you're going to call, maybe you need to call cardiology and get them to weigh in on something about the patient, or you need to order this med for the patient, blah, 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 stuff like that. And that afternoon is dedicated to making sure all of these things are completed. And usually that depends, that like, by the time you're done with that, that's like, d- dictates like when you can go home. Um, and the, fa- the famous line is like, that you'll be taught by your upperclassmen to ask your residents like, I've finished all my tasks for the day. Is there anything else that I can help with? I have to say I hate that line because I genuinely always was like, how can I help? And I didn't want them to think I was trying to go home at like 3 o'clock. I was genuinely like, hey, I need something to do because I'm bored over here. Mm -hmm. I just want to (laughs) help. Like the day goes by a lot slower if I'm not doing anything, so please give me something. I think one thing um, that... I, I was taught is that you can maybe pay attention to the rounds and then identify things that you might be able to do. Like if a patient needs um, their family members to be updated, you can take note of that during rounds and then in the afternoon say, oh, can I help with this? Like, is this something I can help with? And sometimes they they might say no, but you can at, at least, least you show that you asked. Nitro, can you talk about what it means to carry a patient? Yeah, thanks, Cecilia. I didn't realize I'd use that phrase. I think it's interesting because we start to pick up on all of this lingo that we learned throughout medical school that you kind of assume people just know because you've started to use it so like... My biggest one right now is I say the ED and everyone looks at me and they're like, why can't you just say the ER? <laughs> ER. And I was like, oh my God, I forgot the ER is a thing. Like what? Yeah. <laughs> it's very weird. I agree. <laughs> But carrying the patient essentially means um, the patients that you are following that maybe your resident has assigned to you. So um, that can be, I feel like, the most that I've ever followed, maybe five patients on my sub-eye, which is, we can talk about what a sub-eye is on a different episode. But yeah, and those are the patients that you will present during rounds that you really are... um, that those are your patients. Like you are the ones who are going to be seeing them every morning. You're going to be um, checking in on them, writing notes about them, and and that's what that essentially means. And sometimes that changes because I know for my during my clerkship, if you let's say there wasn't much happening with your patient, your resident might tell you like, okay, you know, stop following that patient. Let's give you another patient to follow. But yeah, that's another thing I didn't like. I kind of. I don't know. A lot of an intern's day is like working on social issues and like discharge mm-hmm. and I, and they're like, oh, this is just discharge problems. You do not need to fo- follow this. That's not helpful for you. And I'm like, but I'm going to have to do it in a year or so. Like I it maybe might be helpful to me to know how to do this, but I don't know. Yeah, yeah. there's a, there's a balance. Like you want to be there to learn the basics um, of the medicine. Uh but, but you're also there to learn the, um, how the hospital works, like what the intern's job is, like what the attending's job is. So um, there's a lot that you have to learn yeah. during yeah. clerkships yeah, and we'll take get in. there. <laughs> yeah. I feel like I should talk about um, outpatient just a little bit. Oh, that's oh, true. Yeah, yeah. yeah, I forgot. It's We've way different. We've about a lot of inpatient <laughs> yeah. stuff. Yeah, um, go for it. So I guess for outpatient, mostly family medicine, uh, you would follow an attending and then 
they might have some patients um, picked out for you that they think are good for you to see. So you would go and take the patient's history before they do. And you get to spend more time with them than the physician gets on on a daily basis. So they get extra time with you um, and they would be able to tell you things that maybe they don't have time to tell the physician if um, you weren't there. Um, Then afterwards, after you see the patient, you go and present to the attending and then you go see the patient together. And then you do that. um, Maybe you'll, you'll get to see like three or four patients if you're lucky because you have to still kind of think about them and prepare the notes for them. It's not as beneficial to you if you're seeing like patient after patient after patient and not thinking through the medicine. Um, Right. I think, I don't know if that's what you're trying to say, but I think like it's more beneficial for you to like do a deep dive into three or four patients. Um, Um, I'm trying to say like the, obviously the med student can't, Figure, figure out um, the problems as quickly as the attending can. So yeah, that's they why see we're these problems less. back to back every day. Yeah, like an an example would be like maybe we do a more thorough physical exam. Not that the attending's not doing a for thorough physical exam. It's that they are doing a more focused but thorough yes. exam <laughs> where we're Thank still you. learning how to do all of the physical exam maneuvers. So we might actually go through like. Hey, right. can we like shine a light in your eyes? Like I know nothing's wrong with your eyes today, and which is right. why the attending is obviously not going to check them. But we still need to see this, and we need to like know what normal examples look like. So I think sometimes we like ask questions and do physical exam maneuvers that aren't necessarily necessary for the um, visit, but definitely don't hurt and like give us practice to learn from. Um, Thank you. Yeah, <laughs> that's what I'm trying to say. Ah, okay. And the um, schedule is much nicer. Yeah. Nine to five. Yeah. <laughs> Nine to five. That's what I like. What Let's do you talk. guys do after? Right. So yeah. You spend this entire day. Talk about right. You've gone up at 6 a.m., maybe five for our yeah. surgeons in the room. Been there 13 <laughs> hours, 14 hours some days. Yeah. Michaela now Cecilia, what do, what do you do? What's your routine like after? Uh, well, I go home and I try to study. Well, first I have dinner because Without dinner, I can't function. Without food, I can't function. Um, I'm in the camp for sure. I get hangry. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then I try I try to study. Um, so we all have different study plans. The, the thing they tell us is do a lot of UWorld questions. And um, for those of you who don't know, UWorld is this question bank that's pretty standardized. Um, it has all the questions that we need to prepare for um, our shelf exams, which are the exams that we have to take at the end of each rotation that's specific to that rotation. Like for surgery, you're going to take a surgery shelf. For OBGYN, you're going to take the OB shelf. Um, And and there's other question bags, but UWorld is... um, It's more than enough. Yeah, it's just the one that I guess our... Our school uses it. Our school it. uses it. Yeah. Other people, I mean, our school actually, we, we have to buy UWorld, mm-hmm. um, which is kind of expensive, it's very um, expensive. <laughs> especially when you're buying it for the whole year. It's $500. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Our school does actually pay for, I think, board vitals, which I know some people use, um, but I, I mean, I don't know how it works. I can't really speak to it. Like, there are other sources that people use, and sometimes that your schools will pay for for students in terms of learning material, but whether or not that they're written like the actual shelf exams, 
Like, I, I have no clue. Um, so how you actually test yourself with them is beyond me. I'm not sure. But, I mean, there are ways to do it without probably spending money. Um, but you're probably a little bit less sure of what you're doing. I, I mean, I, w- I always highly recommend UWorld. I think it's one of the best purchases for clerkship year. I think most students use UWorld because of the, the evidence base that shows, like, especially for board exams, like yeah. step one, step two. Um, it, it just is seen as the gold standard. I think people yeah. are scared to deviate from that. But the other resource I feel like I've heard a lot about is Amboss. Yeah, um, Amboss is pretty good. Yeah, and it's a little cheaper too, which is That's nice. True. And I know some upperclassmen who've used Amboss and spoken highly about it. Yeah. So if you're on a budget, it's a good alternative to think about. Yeah. Yeah, so back to our night routine. <laughs> um, so they say, like, just do as many UWorld questions as you can. Like, do an hour of UWorld each night. Um, for me, I found that that didn't work out for me when I was initially studying for the exams um, because I would be tired and I would be confused because the questions are a mix of different topics and it was just hard to learn from them. So I realized that I... For me, I needed to make a study guide. I needed to have a plan for um, how I'm going to study each day um, and then do questions as uh, a test of my knowledge. Um, I also use Anki flashcards. Um, And yeah, there's a lot of self-studying during clerkship year. Like I didn't realize that. I was never good at um, studying, like making a study plan for myself. I was good at um, having a syllabus from a class and then following what what's necessary, like doing the homework, doing the quizzes. So initially it was a little difficult for me, um, but but that's for later. That's like the, <laughs> yeah. So far at night, it, it's, it's you. You study most of the time. Cecilia, can you tell us what Anki is? Oh, Anki. It's a... F- online flashcard system. I think it's been around for a while, but I, I discovered it in medical school. You create uh, flashcards yeah, you, can, you can use already pre-made flashcard sets and there's an algorithm that it uses. So basically it will show you flashcards that you may have trouble with. And look, so it like, it's, it kind of learns from what your mistakes are. It helps right. you like really it's like targeted practice really because you can decide like when you see a flashcard if you get it right wrong or not and it'll show you more of the flashcards that you're getting wrong so you learn the concept is my I've never used Anki so it's like the basic knowledge that I have but yeah I think that's it so so it's like you have to do it daily um for it to be useful or close to daily because um for the cards that you get wrong, it shows it to you the next day or um, in a few days. So, like by this repetition, um, you'll you'll learn all the material and put the information into your long-term memory. Um, so for me, it's it has been super helpful. For other people, they have different methods. Yeah. Um, so you all, if you've been listening so far, you know I'm a very regimented and scheduled person. <laughs> no, um, <laughs> I had no idea. Um, what? what a surprise. So like Cecilia said, you come home, you eat dinner, you shower because you smell like the hospital. Um, you don't want to smell like the hospital in your bed. So and then I would like sit and do UWorld. Yeah, every night. Um, my strategy was honestly, I didn't read many textbooks during clerkship year. I know some people do, and then they also supplement with QBanks like UWorld or Amboss, um, or they use Anki decks to learn fine, 
details, but I just did UWorld and I did all the UWorld and then I did my incorrects. Mm. And so I tried to get through all of them. Um, but like you said, I did kind of find that I was tired at night. Things were confusing. So I sometimes actually tried, I work out in the morning. You all know this. Um, so I would like work out for an hour then I would shower and then I would like try to plan my morning. So I had an extra 30 minutes to get one, like, I don't know, 20 minute, like 20 question thing of you world in because I was more fresh in the morning in terms of figuring out the answers. And that made me feel a little bit better than at eight, nine o'clock at night when I was getting every question wrong, but I was like, but I know this and that. Yeah. Um, and yeah, then I would go to, like I said, go to bed at eight or nine o'clock, try to get at least an hour or two in of studying at night. Um, and when do you talk to your friends? You talk to them when you're walking home from the hospital. Um, <laughs> that's when I made phone calls and <laughs> called my mom and everything. Um, and I also, when I planned out my study plans, I did not include my weekends. So I tried to keep my weekends free for catching up on the questions I didn't get or doing nothing because you need it. <laughs> Unlike Michaela, I needed the weekends. I needed all the time that I could. So I was just studying on the weekends as well. Like I had, it, there was more time during the weekends, but I was still studying the whole day. Maybe like having a break to go on a run or something. Yeah, I think, I think something that I took me quite some time to realize is that there are actually a lot, there's actually a lot of time during the hospital, during like when you're in the hospital that you can actually leverage to your advantage to to buy yourself some, to, to, to really just like get some of these questions done because um, no one's going to, I, I think I always felt guilty. I'm like, oh, I don't want to do questions while like my residents are like making all these phone calls and writing their notes. But I, I think what I learned over time was that they, and from like people who, who I just talked to, they were like, it's okay to do questions. Like everybody has been there. They know that this is like a part of this part of life or a part of medical school and no one's going to yell at you for doing you world questions, you know, unless like there's something really important for the patient that you were supposed to do that you didn't do. Um, so it, for our listeners, it took me a long time during clerkship year. I don't think I even realized I could, how to use my time wisely until the second half of clerkship year. And I really, really wish I had like figured this out earlier on that you are in the hospital for like 12 hours. And during those 12 hours, you're not always going to be directly like impacting patient care. You will have some downtime. And so you can really help ease your evening schedule a little bit by like taking advantage of some pockets of time during the day when there isn't really a lot going on to do some questions and get like a, a set in. Um, and that's okay. Yeah. Um, but it is tiring. And I think one of the things that you're hearing from both Cecilia and Michaela is that Clerkship year can be exhausting. Um, you kind of, it's every day waking up at like 5, 6 a.m. until most days like 6 p.m. Then you have to come home, shower, eat, make time for, you know, you have to like study and then go go to sleep and repeat. It bleeds into your weekends and that can be really, really tiring. I think we are going to dive into that a little bit more in another episode. I think one last thing for our, this episode I think we should dive into is we talked a little bit about the cost of paying for UWorld. Um, if you want to use a textbook, I don't know how many of us did, but sometimes you have to pay for those if they're not in your library or you can't find it from another student. But the other thing that you kind of have to think about, which we lucked out with with COVID because we could wear scrubs every day, but you, if you're going in a clinic, you kind of have to dress nice and... Like, if you don't have business casual clothes, you have to go buy them. Do either of you have to do that? I think one 
one wardrobe thing I had to buy. Well, I didn't have to buy it, but I got dance coats finally. Like Same. the clog shoes. For the longest time, I was pushing back on it. I was wearing sneakers and I just didn't want to buy all these things that were that I was seeing in the hospital that people people were wearing. But I think I finally just gave in and got some. Reminds me of the conversation we had about the Patagonias. It is almost like a culture that you want to fit into. I like to wear them in surgery so that I don't have to get a stool to like stand on. And that way I'm like, it just gives me a little bit of height. Um, But I've actually gone for the clove shoes. I don't know. They're like sneakers. Also, the first time I put them on, I also thought they were a waste of money because they felt cheap and like thin but now they're the most comfortable thing that I wear I'm also a ratty sneaker girl that's what I did (laughs) I did not take the plunge with dance goes I used the I found the oldest sneakers that I could find especially for OB-GYN when all sorts of like oh my goodness blood's getting all over your shoes like someone's like (laughs) waters like oh yeah just you know all of the things I I was like my rattiest shoes they're coming out I love wearing sneakers but um I have a problem with getting rid of my sneakers even when they have holes in them so I don't take them to get blood on them, even if they're the rattiest sneakers ever. But well, we talked about the Patagonia. If yeah. you didn't cave before yeah. clerkship year, you probably caved during. Um, the hospital's cold. It has a lot of pockets. The other thing that I eventually caved and asked for for Christmas were a pair of fig scrubs. We've mm. talked about this before, too. Um, I actually don't like them. I hate to say it. Um I love the top. The bottoms don't fit as great as I wanted them to, but they have tons of pockets. So I can't say I hate them. I actually do really like them. I like all the pockets. Um, but yeah, buying a pair of scrubs, we're really lucky that we can get scrubs from our hospitals for free most of the time. But if you want your own, you got to pay for them. And there's definitely a lot cheaper scrubs than figs, and I would highly recommend them. But yeah, lots of pockets. I am like oh, on a pocket theme. <laughs> I need those in the hospital. Well, Medlug listeners, I think we've given you a pretty comprehensive preview to what clerkship year will look like. We've talked about everything from what clerkships actually are to what a day in the life looks like, whether you're on surgery or medicine, um, the things that you may have to buy or may want to buy, (laughs) depending, some things that are more of like a want than a need. But we've talked about all of this, and hopefully it's given you a little bit of an idea what what this crazy year looks like. But stay tuned because our next episode, Michaela, Cecilia, and I are going to dive into some of our more personal experiences throughout our clerkship year. And we're so excited to share those with you. 